Tuesday, everybody. Well, hello. That little, that little sigh. Hello. All you Tuesday folks out there. It's it's uh, the seventeenth. It is the seventeenth. We're, we're coming up, coming up on Christmas really quick. Y'all. Eight days. Really quickly. Hey. I just thought of my favorite <laughs> actor. Sorry, we both simultaneously burped. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a moment of silence. You, but you started a sentence, so I thought I had the time. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, dinner. <laughs> my burp crept up on me. Okay, I we said eight days till Christmas, and it made me think of what was that Adam Sandler movie? The oh, eight animated crazy nights. Eight crazy that's nights. A, isn't that a Jewish, Jewish uh, Hanukkah yeah. movie? Yeah. But it's still Christmas. Didn't he do the voices for like almost every character in that movie? Yep. Yeah. That was a weird entry in the Another reason. Adam Sandler filmography. See, but that like, to me, that's why I love Adam. (laughs) So he's Adam now. He does, I mean, it is a wide range. He does have a wide range of genres yeah. within the comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And even without. Some of his best movies are the non-comedic movies he's done. Yeah. Ironically, Funny People, which isn't really a comedy. It's really... Have you seen that I one? I haven't seen that one. You haven't seen that one? Ironically, Funny People? Is that what No, no, no. Ironically... Funny People is not a comedy is what I'm saying, but Funny People is the name of the movie. Okay, Funny Pretty sure people. that's the name of the movie. Uh, and then, what was that one that came out just a few years ago? The one with the shoes? The Cobbler. Oh, that's one of my faves. I love that movie. Yes. And he was oh great my gosh. in that movie. Yes. He was like, yeah. That was, that reminded me of 90s fun sci-fi-ish movies. Yeah. Because you didn't have to have an explanation for everything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, someone was talking about this the other day about, like, Back to the Future. We watched a movie, Back to the Future, with a teenager who wasn't popular, whose best friend was a disgraced scientist that was somewhere between 40 and 80 years old. We don't know. They never explain how they became friends. Mm-hmm. And none of us cared. Yeah. None of us needed an explanation. We're like, this makes sense. Yeah. Let's go. Sure, why not? <laughs> Nowadays, it's like... Every the whole, especially with the whole internet thing, is like this story doesn't make any sense. How do they even do this? I don't yeah. know, it doesn't make. Sh- shut up and Just enjoy, enjoy the, it. It's, it's a fantasy situation here. Just <laughs> you don't need all the backstory. Just whatever. But that's what that reminded me of because especially towards the end, you really don't understand yeah. what's going on or why this is happening. They don't give you all the answers, but it's but it's so, so very fun. Yeah, it's oh, a it's fun so movie. Yeah. Okay, so I took us down a rabbit trail. Sorry, what my bad. About? We haven't, I haven't even, even started, started yet. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up on today's show, the history of Oh Holy Night, plus the latest news, random facts, and more. But as we said, it's December 17th, and we've got a few holidays to celebrate, don't we? We do. It is actually Buddy the Elf's favorite day today. Can you guess what it is? National Maple Syrup Day. <laughs> Go get your little bottles of maple syrup, pour it on top of your spaghetti, and eat up, friends. That's what we're having for dinner tonight. What? Spaghetti topped with maple syrup. I made you lunch. <laughs> Ziploc bag full of maple spaghetti. Mm-mm. Yummy. <laughs> it, didn't, it still doesn't look all that bad to me. I could try it. I tried. What? I, w- I don't know if I'd try, like, this whole concophony of Pop-Tarts and candy on top of it, but yeah. I'd try the maple spaghetti. Maple Could be spaghetti? Good. Could All be right. Good. You don't know. I've been looking for something in a dessert spaghetti. <laughs> I'm going to have to make spaghetti and bring just it pull, to you with a tiny thing of a jar thing. of, just yeah. A little, just a little scoop. Try it yourself first. Just get a little... One make dinner, but why? Because misery loves company. I gotta try it too. You gotta see if it's good. It might be great. It might be a big hit. (sighs) 
I'm pretty sure somebody out there has done it. I'm sure there's been thousands of people who've and tried it since that movie. And because it's not like a thing, it's not good. It might, there are a lot of things that aren't things on the internet, <laughs> but that are things everywhere else. Like my, like my favorite, like snow cone thing. The cherry and pickle snow cone. Oh, my gosh. It's a big thing, but it's an underground thing. Okay? <laughs> it's not a widespread thing. But the people who know, know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's also Wright Brothers Day. Oh, those famous flying boys over at Kitty Hawk. Kitty Hawk, North I'm Carolina. I'm surprised I knew that amount of the story already. <laughs> In the Outer Banks. <sighs> Over at Jockey's Ridge. Oh. Listen, I grew up three hours from yeah. Jockey's so you, Ridge. You have so to know all that stuff. Orville and Wilbur. They were my <laughs> they were my friends. They're my bros. My home actually, I have a picture of my friend and I next to the statue of the late Wilbur and Orville. Right. Where we are kissing them. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> the oh, Outer Banks. Your life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I just keep dropping truth bombs on Matt, and he just oh, doesn't know how he feels about me. There anymore. was a terrible one before we started recording today, but I'm not going to share it with you. <laughs> It'll hurt you. It'll physically hurt you. It will physically hurt you. I'm still reeling from it. Just. But we got to just remember, you know, Jesus, Jesus redeems us from our past. Listen. So. <laughs> and the person that you were as a teenager does not have to be the person that you are as an adult. Just because that was your life doesn't mean it is your life. Just you because can, you were terrible. You could have been shallow mean... <laughs> as a 14-year-old teenage girl. And no longer be 20 years later. <sighs> Thank you very much. All right. That had everything to do with the Wright Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did because when I was 14, I went to Jockey's That's Ridge. That's right. Here we go. Boom. 14 years there old. There you go. So you, never mind. <laughs> 11th. <laughs> if I shared anything else I'm going to say, we'll have to tell the whole story. And I don't want to share that whole story. No, 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 no. Uh, 11th Commandments. When you join our Facebook community, Backrow Baptist Church, we ask you four questions, three of which, or no, three questions, th- uh, two of which are to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. And the last one is your chance to flex your funny bone by giving us, I just hit the microphone, sorry, by giving us <laughs> what your 11th Commandment would be if you had the ability to write one. So we're going to share with you two of those submitted commandments right now. Okay. I have a difficult time with this first one. You're going to have to explain it to me. But Rusty Dean says, do not forget to return the charge cord you borrowed. Never mind. I got it. You get it now, right? (laughs) (laughs) So as I was pre-reading it, I read, do not forget to charge the cord you borrowed. Oh. <laughs> How do you charge a cord? You jumped what around the sentence of, a bit. <laughs> what kind of cord is this exactly? <laughs> I figured it was some sort of technical sound thing that only Matt would know about. Yeah. So. Sound with people. <laughs> and Marcy. Colbreth, I think. Colbreth. Okay, Colbert. yeah, we'll go with that. It says, thou shalt not leave cabinet doors and drawers open what uh, no i'm it's oh. not you i'm it's me that's oh. me you just leave <laughs> them leave, open every every day i leave one of the dresser drawers open wide open and daedra bangs her knee on it or something and yells at me and i'm like i'm not doing it on purpose but well, but it kind of big, feels like it's right. on purpose <laughs> but the big thing is the kitchen cabinets we had uh john and hillary over because we're watching very slowly, we're watching through all the Marvel movies. Mm. Uh, I think we've gotten three deep <laughs> into the 22 that are out. Um, but I, I had walked away and I left a kitchen uh, door open. And Hillary said, did John do that? Because John leaves all of our cabinets open all the time. And there was this big diatribe she went on about it. And so you know, we closed it moved on. Uh, and then our, I think we ordered pizza. Our pizza showed up. We got there. Uh, everyone's getting plates and cups and whatever, and everyone's sitting down. And John was the one mainly handing things out, and and uh, but I was in there too helping. And we both leave, 
And Hillary looks over and nearly every single door in the kitchen is open. She goes, well, you can tell John was in there. <laughs> and I let him take all the <laughs> But yeah, I do that all the time too. And I don't know why. I really don't know. Like I'll go and I'll put all the dishes up from doing the dishes. And then I just will forget to close them. And I'll just walk out of the kitchen. And then they're like that all day. And I don't think about it. It's like I don't see it. It's like I don't see them open as a problem, you know? Like, Deidre will see it. She's like, why are all these doors open? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, it's easy to get stuff. <laughs> you just need to take all the cabinet doors off of your cabinets and have, like, uh, Monica Kitchen from Friends. You know, all of her cabinets are completely open-faced. You can see all of their stuff. That's right. You can. Yeah. Which is weird, but. Yeah. That is weird. Uh-huh. I don't like that. Oh, don't then think... close your cabinet doors. <laughs> I don't think Daedra would like that either. Close your That's cabinet lose, doors. That's a lose-lose for Daedra. See? <laughs> a little bit of background news. It's the most wonderful time of the year and one of the most stressful. If you're one of the many holiday shopper- shoppers ordering gifts online, just as the Grinch stole Christmas, more than 1.7 million packages across the country are stolen or go missing each and every day mm-hmm. during the Christmas season. The New York Times reported a figure that adds up to more than $25 million worth of lost goods or services. Major online retailers such as Amazon have developed or improved methods aimed at keeping packages safe, including the Amazon Ring, a home security device in which users get alerts when motions uh, motion is detected by their front door, which is something that we have and has been fantastic. Uh, Amazon also offers a real-time tracking service for packages that allow customers to make arrangements so that they can be home when their goods are delivered. Meanwhile, FedEx is vice president of retail and consumer marketing, Dennis Shirakov. Dennis Shirakov told WLS-TV that the company will hold packages for up to five days for free so the customers can find a suitable time to pick them up without the risk of having them swiped. Okay, so... I don't know about FedEx in your area, people, but FedEx in our area is the pits. What is happening on your phone right now? <laughs> you can keep talking. <laughs> it it goes right along with our story. It's my doorbell Are you camera. Your doorbell camera. <laughs> Somebody rang it, oh. and it we're we're recording at nine o'clock at night. I want to know who's at my doorbell right now. Don't you mean early in the morning on Tuesday? No, man. <laughs> All of our people know. We record these in advance. All right, there we go. You've uh, already told everybody. Look, we got new listeners all the time. I told you this last time. <laughs> you don't remember this stuff. Sorry. Sheesh. Sorry, my bad. Uh, I'm trying to keep the illusion here. We are <laughs> recording early in the morning on Tuesday morning, and somebody just rang my doorbell. <laughs> And I need to know who it is. <laughs> Did you see the person? Yeah. and Is it a sketchy person you've never yeah. seen before? I'm kind of wondering if it's DoorDash, though. Oh, maybe. If Chris ordered Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't use DoorDash for Taco Bell. I feel like everything you got would be not crunchy at that point. Is that what it is? It's Taco Bell. Taco Bell. 100% Taco Bell. DoorDash. 9 p.m. at night. Yep. On a Friday. On a Friday. That's when we're recording. (laughs) Yep. And my dog ran out and greeted him. Oh, and jumped. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) What happened? You gotta watch it. Okay, so we have two Boston Terriers, right? And the bigger one, who is 30 pounds, we have a bigger one who's 30 pounds, and then we have a small one who's not quite 10. Well, the bigger one thinks that he is the size of the smaller one, so he acts just like she does. So when she jumps up on us, it doesn't hurt. But when all 30 pounds of our big Boston jumps up on us, it hurts. Well, he apparently got out the front door, greeted our DoorDash guy here that I'm watching on my my doorbell camera, and jumps up, hits him, 
right where it counts. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, and the poor DoorDash guy is just standing there like he's Arms being... Arms up. <laughs> he's being robbed. Yeah. Just <laughs> look at her. <laughs> okay, so funny. you were going to say something before I cut you off. I was going to say FedEx in this area stinks. That's all I was going to say. Okay. UPS is fine. FedEx is awful. Yeah. Especially at Christmas time. Especially at Christmas time. Just in my area. I'm not saying company-wide. I'm just saying here, you could work on it. So... I have to tell you, hmm. for like two months now, and that's being nice. It could have been closer to four or five months. Our doorbell camera has only worked intermittently. Okay. okay. We've gone like three or four weeks where it's not recorded anything. Really? Yeah. So I had finally had enough, especially right now. I've ordered a lot of online stuff. A lot of them don't have tracking, and so... I'm just kind of sitting there waiting, wondering, have they been delivered and been stolen? And I don't know because mm. our doorbell camera is not working and there's no tracking on this package. So I told Chris last week, I said, you need to call the company that we have. Our- <laughs> <laughs> you need to call <laughs> the company. You need to call that company and let them know that we want them to come get their stuff. We'll go with Ring or something else. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, fine. So he calls. And then he comes home on Wednesday, all excited. And he's like, guess what? I talked to the guy. They're going to come out on Friday. You need to be here between 12 and 4. And and I was like, great, they're going to take this stuff. And he's like, no, actually, what I got them to do was give us another camera. And I'm like, yeah, okay, because the one camera doesn't work already. <laughs> now I'm just going to have two cameras that never work. But okay, fine. <laughs> And they're going to upgrade our whole system, and it's only going to cost us the labor, $50. So I just kind of look at him, and I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) I don't want more of the things I don't like. (laughs) So I just kind of let it sink in as I'm looking at him with this very blank stare, like you... Well, he was so excited. ...did absolutely nothing that I asked you to do. (laughs) He thinks he's solving your problem. Well, and so I tell him, okay, it's fine, I guess... As long as we're not signing another contract, because the second that this stuff doesn't work, I'm calling them and they're going to come get their stuff and we're getting out of it. Our first contract was for two years. We are just over that two year mark. Okay. And he's like, yo, there's not a contract. Well, I get an email that we have signed a 36 month contract. 36 years longer than our initial contract. At that point, I just tossed my phone at him that had the open email and said, yeah, no contract, huh? I just tossed it at him. But I will say the guy came out, completely redid our system. We have a a new doorbell camp. Well, obviously, I just got to see that guy get get mauled by my Boston (laughs) Terrier. And we now have a camera that's over our garage, so it sees out into the street in front of our house, it Mm, sees our cars, and it sees our camper. So that's pretty cool. But I'm also very terrified of looking at it in the morning and seeing something that I don't want to see. Like, it's almost sending me into a slight anxiety attack right now just talking about it because it's, like, going to take my sense of security away. Because, you know, when you're sleeping and you're just laying in bed and you don't, like, there's nothing out there. You're fine. Everything's cool. <laughs> but then I'm going to look on the doorbell ca- or on the garage camera and I'm going to see something that I don't want to see. I know I am. You see a clown just standing in the street. <laughs> like. <laughs> holding a one balloon. Not moving. <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to dress up like a clown and come over at 3 a.m. <laughs> just pelt rocks at your window until you check. The camera. Well, my heart is legit beating fast right now. I'll get cardboard cutouts of random celebrities and just put them out there. The Kim, second that I see Kenny Kim Lyons. Possible in my in my front yard is the second I'm going to note that's Matt. What's the sitch? <laughs> <sighs> oh, man. That's really funny. We really... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I got the ring camera. It works great. We bought the home security system that you do yourself. Yeah. But we've had it for like half a year and we haven't took the time to You need to put, put it, it up. But um but we will and then you know we're gonna buy some more cameras too as time goes on. 
But uh, yeah, we I mean we've been pretty happy with the doorbell. It's it's worked pretty good. They had there's one thing on there that kind of messed up. They did an update to the app and it kind of messed up how it was working with the phones. Uh, so you just had to roll that back to the way it worked before. But that's the only problem we've had with it. Um, it records. It sound quality is fantastic. The video quality is fantastic. So I recommend if you're looking for one. Yeah. We got the battery pack. Lasts about a month before you have to charge it again. Nice. Yeah, not bad. All right. Uh, well, we barely said anything in this hour in the script. And we're still 20 minutes in. Hey, we <laughs> talked about what was relevant with the news story. Thank you. When we come back, what do you do? No, uh, yeah, what do you do when you just don't feel like reading the Bible? But first, it is what's today's name? Uh, Tinsel Tuesday. Tinsel Tuesday. We're going to kick off this block of music with three Christmas songs. We'll be back at the top of the next hour. Stick around. To illustrate the power of peer pressure, Amazing Allen will attempt to do a quadruple backflip reverse somersault into this swimming pool while holding a goldfish bowl. Are you sure this is safe, guys? Absolutely, Allen. All the real divers do it. Well, shouldn't there be water in the pool? Just dive into the goldfish bowl by putting it out in front of you. Shouldn't I at least have a bigger fish bowl? That's the size everyone on the internet uses, Allen. Oh. And action! Uh, guys, this didn't work. Of course not, Alan. Was I supposed to learn something from this? Yes, we shouldn't let others pressure us into doing things we know we shouldn't do. But everyone likes me more, right, guys? Uh, our focus should be on doing the right thing, Alan, not seeking the approval of others. There's gotta be a better way to make these points, guys. Welcome back to the Back Row Morning Show here on this Tuesday morning. Glad to have you with us. It's Matt and Mo here in your uh, earbuds or uh, however you're listening to us in your office. Are we annoying your coworkers? Oh, I, I hope we are. That happens with Dave's work. She hey, can't listen to it all that often because we're loud and annoying. Hey, Dave. <laughs> Brenda wrote in and let us know that she thinks your office stinks the worst in the entire building. She wants you to stop eating the tuna at lunch. <laughs> and keep your shoes on. The office is not a place to go barefoot. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, casual Friday does not mean <laughs> leggings and a tank top that's three sizes too big, Carol. Listen, Carol doesn't wear that. Carol is 65 and is wearing her moo into work. No, that's work. who I'm talking about. 65-year-old <laughs> Carol. 65-year-old Carol. <laughs> yeah, Carol, you you really need to wear something else. <laughs> All right, five random facts. Let's go. Five random facts. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Did I say that right? Swart, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger. I've never actually seen it spelled out, so I wanted to know. Am You've I saying never it? seen Schwarzenegger spelled out? I'm not one of those weird people so that watch times. the credits in movies. Okay? <laughs> I don't care who made this movie, and I'm not giving them any of credit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Uh, Arnold made $75,000 for his role in the first Termina- 
Terminator movie. He made fifteen million. Yeah. For Terminator Two, approximately twenty one thousand four hundred and twenty nine dollars for every word he said in the sequel. That's stupid. <laughs> that is like. <laughs> That's so much amount of money. Get down. They're trying to kill you. That is... <laughs> I just don't understand. Okay, anyway. Uh... If you went swimming on the moon, you would be able to walk on the water's surface and jump out of the water like a dolphin. That Sign would be cool. me up. That'd be super... Is there water on the moon? No. We'd have to bring a pool. <laughs> That could be fun. (laughs) Um, Cracking your knuckles does not hurt your bones or cause arthritis. The sound you hear is just gas bubbles bursting. We some gassy people. Now that word you didn't pronounce correctly. What? Arthritis? Arthritis? (laughs) Arthritis. Like Arthur. Not like author. (laughs) Arthritis. (laughs) That hurts to say. Arthritis. So you've called it arthritis your whole life? Arthritis, yeah. I wonder if that's a common thing. It feels like it could be a common mispronunciation. Arthritis. I've just never heard it before. Or at least I've never noticed it before. We don't talk about arthritis often. (laughs) (laughs) My ears are tuned in to when you speak, though, because... I catch weird words all the time. Because I speak weirdly. (laughs) (sighs) Whatever. Uh, Uh, The whole... uh, What? uh, What? We were just dying a lot. uh, The whole Harry Potter series (laughs) contains 199 chapters, 4,224 pages, and 1,090,739 words, and has been made into 19 hours and 39 minutes of film. All those movies are 19 and a half hours? Yeah. No so last I Christmas. What? I've seen the first three, I think. Last Christmas, we did a whole. Oh, that's movie right. You watched them all. Yeah, I remember. With that. the kids of Harry Potter. Yeah. That. The Christmas before, it was Star Wars. And then the Christmas before that, it was uh, Lord of the Rings. What's this year? I don't know. Star Trek. All 18 movies. Listen, I'm about to tell you how much of a nerd my <laughs> husband is. He would be all about it. Yeah, really? He, he would. likes Star Trek? He not only likes Star Trek, he has a deck of collectible trading cards. No way! And I by a... deck, I don't mean like a, a small deck. You this is like a, a rectangular, like yeah, a huge like a case. box almost. <laughs> a rectangular box cardboard box filled wow. from end to end of when nick and april were here in october they were talking about it like nick was like hey do you remember those trading cards that we used to have and chris is like used to hold on <laughs> and goes to the bedroom and brings his whole now, set from out what, from what movies are they from i have no idea because see i have a set from the first of the new movies yeah a really cool set but I don't ever look at them, and I don't know who would enjoy them. But that could be a cool gift if he doesn't already have them. Hmm. Hmm. It could be a cool gift. Okay. 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 I'll think about it. Okay, cool. It. Uh, lastly, Canada consumes more mac and cheese than any other nation in the world. I knew I liked Canadians. <laughs> Have you tried the Chick-fil-A mac and cheese yet? No. It's great. I've never had Chick-fil-A. So good. And I can't have it anymore. That was one of the things we had on our our big last carb day, or my big last carb day. Deidre was just along for the ride. Yeah. (laughs) We went to Lubbock, and we went to Olive Garden, and then we went to Chick-fil-A. Is that when we were in Lubbock on the same day? That was, yeah. That was the same day, yeah. Um, Yeah, so we went to Chick-fil-A. I didn't realize the sizes I thought large was like a normal, like a personal large, but I ordered a large and it was like this giant bowl of mac and cheese. So we both got to enjoy nice. keeping helping. He'd be, he be helpy. He'd be happy. He'd be helpy. 
All right, a little fast food news for you. Fast food lovers can now share their passion for burgers and fries like never before, thanks to McDonald's new permanent online merch shop called Golden Arches Unlimited. The debut line features more than 20 McDonald's-inspired clothing items and accessories that you never knew you needed, including world-famous French fry socks, a Big Mac sandwich journal, sesame seed Christmas ornaments, hair ties, and even a winter beanie. Uh, I look, they're actually, I mean, they don't look bad. They're designed pretty well. Yeah? They, they, they look nice. Got some pop sockets on there. Look pretty good. Uh, so check it out. It might be your bag. I don't know. Uh, all right, we are going to be... Going over, I haven't even opened the link yet. I what? You are really out of it today. I am slacking. Took one week off, and now I don't know how to do my job. Nope. <laughs> we are going to be talking about seven ways to read the Bible when you really don't feel like it. And so this is this is more. It's not uh, the title is a little misleading. It's not seven ways to read the Bible. It's more like seven ways to get a little bit of Bible in you. To kind of cheat on your your uh, normal quiet time for a while, but still get some Bible. You know what I mean? This sounds like my jam. <laughs> <laughs> this is the article I've been waiting for. <laughs> this comes from Charisma News. <laughs> the first one is to listen to an audio Bible, which is brilliant. Sure. Uh, especially in the, this day and age where everybody's listening to podcasts all the time anyway. Find a good audio Bible. Just listen to that. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. There was one, I don't remember the exact, I mean, they're all titled the Bible, you know, pretty much, but there was, a. they all have like subtitles to tell you the different ones. There was one that was done like, I think it was done by an all black cast, but it was like a lot of famous, uh, black actors and actresses or they're all actors now. I don't know. I can't even keep up with it, but, um, like it, I listened to a good portion of it the new testament and i'm like this is really well done like they acted it out like they dramatized it really i'm like this is fantastic i gotta hmm. find that again i have it somewhere uh but yeah get a good uh, audio bible well, easy to fit it into your schedule uh try a new bible translation sometimes we you know we, we stick with our favorite and it gets a little uh boring yeah it's hard to say those words when they talk about the bible i said boring it. stale something like that but just Mundane, you get, you, you get used to, yeah there we go those are good words you get used to it there you go uh, and you need to change it up a little so try something new i'd recommend trying the uh, new christian standard bible i'm enjoying that a lot lately the voice the voice i still haven't read it i really need to pick one up and look at that it's my favorite <laughs> number three read just one verse like go through the psalms or the proverbs and just mm-hmm. read one of them a day get a little bit on you you know just yeah. It'll still help you. It'll still give you a good start to your day. Um, and then when you're ready, you can jump back into longer chapters. Uh, number four, uh, good idea is to read some of the old classic Old Testament stories. You know, we do, as, uh, as, as Christians, tend to lean more towards the New Testament. But pretty much once we get out of the Gospels and Acts and a little bit of Romans, it's more rules than anything else you yeah. know it's, it's a lot less storytelling and a lot more rules while the old testament is chock full of really good parables stories that still apply today and maybe different ways than it did back then but you can still learn a lot of things i mean that's how veggie tales has stayed in business <laughs> i mean how many stories do you actually remember jesus being a part of in a veggie tale reenactment it's mostly old testament stuff so, but here's the thing, I, and I, I got to tell you, you go back and read some of those Old Testament stories, mm-hmm. Here, here's what I think happens. We read, we are told the Old Testament stories in Sunday school as children, mm-hmm. okay? And so as adults, we think, we already know that. We don't need to go back and reread it. <clears throat> yeah. I already know it. No big deal. Cool. David killed Goliath with the stone. Got it. But you go back. And you reread some of those stories, and you're going to find that if your Sunday school teacher was a good Sunday school teacher, she left out a whole lot of stuff. David killed Goliath with a stone and then severed his head off and kept it as a trophy. Exactly. 
Exactly. So you go back and reread some of these stories and you're like, whoa, this has whole new life and meaning. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, saying. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of rough stuff going on, but hey, in this, this age of reality TV. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Maybe you need a little scandal. A lot of scandalous stuff going on in that Old Testament. I guess. That's, yeah. <laughs> Anything you could want, really. <laughs> okay, move on. <laughs> Number five, use a written or a video curriculum. Uh, you know, we typically do Bible studies like that in a group, but there's nothing saying you can't order a curriculum yourself or borrow one from your church library. Usually most church libraries like keep a, a mm-hmm. section of those. Just take it home and go through the study yourself. That can help you see things from a different angle and get you a little bit more inspired some ways. Uh, Another thing is uh, read books inspired by the Bible. Now, uh, this would be essentially any Christian book. I don't know how else to put it. But it's about about, uh, picking books books that are specifically about how we take in the Bible. Uh, like one in a, one example from recent times would be The Story mm. uh, by Max Lucado. Yeah. Uh, the Bible as one continuing story of God and his people where it kind of weems it into a seamless chronological story with additional connective narration that might not have actually happened but kind of puts it into more of a, a story format yeah. for you, which uh, I really like. Um, that that can really give you a little bit more of a, you know, I'm reading a book feel. Right. Which seems a little bit more entertaining sometimes than... And a little less intimidating. Right. Yeah. Uh, but still give you the the truth and the messages that come through in the actual scripture. Yeah. Uh, at least as best of the abilities they can. All paraphrases like this and stuff are attempts, you know, and they're not all... None of them are going to be perfect... Uh, translations but even all of our translations are perfect translations so what are you gonna do yeah (laughs) number seven lastly remember to give yourself grace uh there are just times when we just can't keep it up uh it's not saying that it's a good thing um but we are humans and we do that with a lot of other things too like diets and and uh, exercising and all these other good habits, not watching TV as much, all this. And we'll have really long stretches when we're doing great, and then we'll have stretches when we're not. And that's going to happen with quiet time, too. So give yourself grace. The worst thing you can do is become overly self-critical and shame yourself Mm -hmm. uh, into doing your quiet time because then it's going to become a chore. Then it's going to become... A punishment that you're putting on yourself and that's not how you want to approach the situation either you know yeah um the great news is god's word is literally living and breathing it never loses relevance, and uh we just need to open our eyes from time to time and remember that so don't shame yourself into hiding or allow yourself to stay out of love with the bible is essentially what we're saying uh Give if, if if you're having a time you need to take a break, take a little break. But make it a little. Do yeah. a week. Take a week off. Come back to it with a renewed vigor of all right, let's try this again, making it a habit. I know a lot of people who've been able to make it an actual genuine habit every day. And uh, it's just like any other habit. Good habit. <laughs> it's hard to hard to keep that in place long enough to where it becomes second nature to you. You know right. what I mean? Just like a diet, again. Just like eating a better way. You gotta do it for a really long time before it gets to the point where it's second nature. Mo rolls her eyes every time I say diet, like I'm specifically aiming it at her, but I'm not. He is. He's shaming me. <laughs> shaming yourself. You're guilty. I'm gonna let Mo calm down. When we come back, the weird history of Oh Holy Night. But first, it's time for Love Thy Nerds Critical Hit with Hector Mira, and it's also Tinsel Tuesday. So we're going to kick off this music break with three Christmas hits, 
And uh, we'll be back at the top of the next hour, so stick around. Betcha Hector wouldn't shame me. <laughs> Morning show here on this Tuesday. Glad to have you with us. The third hour, we're going to kick it off with a bit of news, a piece of art that sold for $120,000 at a Florida gallery last week. Is drawing attention due to it being this. This might make you mad. It made me mad. The art is a banana duct taped to a wall. It sold for $120,000. The Comedian is what it's called. A piece by Italian artist Mauricio Catalan. Maurizio. Maurizio, sorry. Catalan. Sold for $120,000 this week at Miami's Art Basel. 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 (laughs) An expert said the one remaining edition of the piece could sell... Uh, he, he's, he's got multiple editions. Could sell for up to $1,500,000. The piece consists of literally just a banana duct taped to a wall. And the art and art Basel founder uh, Emmanuel Perrotin said it's meant to make the viewer consider how objects move through the world. No, people, no. This dude is pranking you. And making tons of money off of it. That's what I say. Hashtag fact. So this isn't in the story because this this story was actually written a couple days before the next thing that happened. But another like self-proclaimed performance artist okay. came to see this painting that's on display, but it's already sold, you know, for this much. Not painting, I'm sorry. Came to see this work of piece. art piece. And he peeled it off the wall and peeled it and ate it in front of all these people. <laughs> and he's the whole time he's on it's performance art and he's <laughs> which I loved I thought that was justice right there sure but here's the thing how long has that banana been on that wall well it was a legit banana it hadn't been treated or anything so it wasn't like black yet or anything it had a couple spots and but it would eventually anyone who buys it I mean the banana is gonna rot it's gonna rot yeah I don't know why this is not a permanent piece. But anyway, the, the original artist came back and repaired it with duct tape and a new banana. <laughs> I thought that we were supposed to stop making me roll my eyes. <laughs> this is annoying. It is because I could do that. I'm not going to make $120,000 from it. Do you know what my first thought was? What? Like, Meow Wolf. Yeah. That's for real art. Exactly. That place is fantastic. I could see a banana being duct taped to the wall in Meow Wolf and it being part of the overall exhibit. Or I could even, see that. Or even just an ironic stab at what's going on. <laughs> True story. But Meow Wolf is not bringing in as much money as a stupid banana. Right. Duct tape to the wall. I don't... I mean, if he's serious about this, if it's not a prank, if he's serious about this, I don't understand the thought process that gets you there. How do you think in your head, I'm going to take a banana 
and a strip of duct tape and just put it up on this wall and that is going to represent how objects move through the world. But here's what really gets me, okay? <laughs> because he says that it's supposed to make the viewer think mm-hmm. about how objects move through the world. Yeah. The duct tape is stationary. <laughs> if anything, like, this banana ain't going nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> like, am I the only one that's thought that? It's quite the opposite of what he wants viewers to think when they see it. Oh, all I'm saying is we are no longer living in the era of Van Gogh or Picasso or common anybody, sense. Yeah, anybody who's decent anymore. I just I, art is dead. This is this is the death of art. I mean, yeah, I can agree with that. Oh gosh! All right, guys. Let's jump from that weird thing to another weird thing. Great. The classic Christmas carol, Oh Holy Night. Are you aware that it has a very strange history? Mm -mm. I I know nothing about the history. We're going to delve into it. But it's one of my favorite Christmas carols. Not my favorite, but one of my It's one of my favorite, too. It's fun to sing. Mm -hmm. It is fun to sing. It's one of the rare combinations of both being a very slow song and yet being really fun to sing. Mm-hmm. So normally the fun songs are the fast songs. Yeah. But, yeah, this is good. Uh, it was written as a poem by a non-church-going French wine cellar. In 1847, uh, Poseid Chapeau de Ramcumaru. Ooh, good job. I didn't even, I don't think I pronounced it right. That's was okay, a but wine, you, it sounded good because you kept going. Was a wine commissionaire and local poet in a small French town. Uh, and he was the unlikely choice to pin a song for the church. The parish priest approached uh, Placide. I can't even remember how I pronounced it the first time. Placide. Uh, Placide. No. To commission him to write a poem for a Christmas mass. Uh, he was brought up Catholic, but often drifted away from religion and rarely attended mass. Furthermore, he would express criticism of the Roman Catholic Church, but was relatively harmless uh, given his abysmal reach in the town. Shocked but honored by this unexpected request from the parish priest, uh, he sought the guidance of the Book of Luke for inspiration. Uh, he wanted to imagine what it would have been like to witness the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem to anchor the peace. So... Really neat. Not really a active Christian person yeah. at all, but wrote the song for the church and put a lot of thought into it, mm-hmm. and it came out really good. Yeah. Uh, number two, it was composed by a famous Jewish musician who didn't believe the words of the song. Uh, he sought Placide. Placide. Sought help from legendary classical musician and personal friend Adolphe Charles Adam. Adolphe, famous for his musical work, felt immensely challenged by the ask to compose a song for lyrics he did not believe. Despite the challenge, he put his skills to use to compose the score of the tune we all know today. In just three short weeks, it's believed that Placide did not reveal Adolphe's religious views to the priest to avoid controversy. (laughs) Number three, though. Just as the song became wildly popular in France, it was banned by the church for scandal. Uh, Cantique de Noël's beautiful, which is what it was called, beautiful melody and lyrics quickly spread throughout Catholic churches in France. However, while the song was gaining notoriety, Placide had effectively renounced the church for allegiance to the socialist movement, which I guess this was going on in France. I don't really know about that. Uh, In addition, the composer Adolphe's contrasting beliefs were also unearthed uh, to church leaders, bringing controversy around the song uh, and uh, brought it to a head. The leaders of the French Catholic Church decidedly denounced the song that was gaining explosive reach across the country. As quoted in BeliefNet, they said they stated the Christmas tune was a total absence of the spirit of religion, forcing it out of church services. Hmm. Number four. Although the church rejected it, the French people kept the song alive underground. Ooh. 
For nearly two decades, the French people sang Cantique de Noël, despite the church's aggressive decree prohibiting it. They sang it in their homes and any private spaces outside the church. The public found the meaningful lyrics and beautiful harmonies too compelling to ignore. This is essentially akin to us playing a song that is religious in tone, but done by a secular artist who is not religious at all. Exactly. It would cause a lot of stir, even if it touched you spiritually. Oh, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we kind of get that same feeling when a Christian artist covers a secular song, like the opposite feeling, opposite situation of, why would we play this song? Well, a Christian artist is doing it. Yeah, but it's not a Christian song. You know what I'm saying? It's like the inverse. I guess. <laughs> but I am allowing my brain to make the connections. I got you. I'm listening to what you're saying. And I'm just, I have been waiting this whole time to say, I am surprised there are not more Christians <coughs> in an uproar over <coughs> Old Holy Night. To this day. I bet, like, most, I bet most don't know about it. I'm sure. Know. I'm sure. <coughs> and... <coughs> When we start to see the influx come in of <laughs> Christians should not be singing Oh Holy Night. We can roll our eyes together. <laughs> we can know that it probably came from us. We started it. We inadvertently started the movement to kill Oh Holy Night. But we don't want to. We both really <laughs> like the song. All right, number five, a weird facts about Oh Holy Night, weird history. The still forbidden French Christmas song became the anthem for the American abolitionist movement. John Sullivan was a writer and well-known American abolitionist, and after overhearing the famous Christmas song was unfit for the church, he stopped and stewed over its powerful lyrics, most especially these lines. Truly, he taught us to love one another. His law is love and his gospel is peace. Christ shall, uh, change shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Dwight felt emboldened and inspired by the lyrics as they aligned with his view as views against slavery. The song's profound imagery of breaking chains so reflected the heart of the abolitionist movement, he knew it would resonate with fellow supporters in America. Dwight quickly moved to translate the song to English to O Holy Night and published it in his magazine. The zine was distributed throughout America at the height of the Civil War. Almost instantly, O Holy Night was embraced by American audiences, most especially in the North, the heart of the abolitionist movement. Wow. Really cool. All right. Here's a really cool one, too. Number six. The song stopped a war for one night. On Christmas Eve, 1871, during the Franco-Prussian War, some historians account of a French soldier running into the fray and belting out the opening lyrics for Cantique de Noël. Uh, a German soldier responded with a line from another Christmas tune, From heaven above to earth I come. They say the men honored a day-long peace treaty in observation of Christmas, and the song continued to inspire ripple effects. I did know that one. So you've seen, yeah, you've seen that, right? They've reenacted that in in shows and in whatever. It's a really cool story. And lastly, and maybe one of the most surprising ones, Oh Holy Night was the first song ever broadcast on the radio. Really? Fast forward to Christmas Eve, 1906, Reginald Fessenden, a university professor and chemist under Thomas Edison, was busy at work on an unforeseen discovery, radio waves. He created a generator and was successful in being the first voice on the airwaves. In the spirit of the holiday, Fessenden, playing with his successful broadcast, decided to read the nativity story from the book of Luke aloud to the audience, quote-unquote. After he concluded, he decided to play none other than O Holy Night on his violin. Little did he understand the unfolding marvel and wonder from ship radio operators and wireless radio owners who were now hearing the song play on their once independent radios and speakers. This became the first song to ever play on airwaves. Today, we haven't forgotten the power of this incredible song. Oh, Holy Night has touched millions of lives around the globe. What began as a poem written by a wine seller, composed by a Jewish man, banned by the church 
has come to serve as the anthem of the abolitionist movement in its powerful revelations of the evils of slavery, to being the first song to play across airwaves and continuing to tearfully touch people every Christmas season. Who would have thought one of the most heartbreakingly beautiful and spiritual songs ever written would have such a fascinating legacy? It's really cool. <laughs> really neat. Really neat song. Mm-hmm. I love it. I do too. Um, yeah, so this article comes from lightworkers.com. It's written by Kashni Chibwe. Chibwe? Chibwe. Uh, so you can find there's even more to it on here. We just kind of hit the high notes. Um, because it's a song, you get it. I get it. Uh, I get it. <laughs> but yeah, really fascinating stuff. Uh, check it out for yourself. And with that, we're going to go to a poll. So I took a poll, an unrelated poll. And uh, this is what we've come to do on Tuesdays. Okay. So I take a poll and you guess the outcome. Great. So the poll was, what is the best Christmas time candy? These are candies that typically only come out around Christmas time. Okay. Some of them might be available all year, but you really see them like big displays and stuff at Christmas. So here are the four options. Okay. Good. I'm glad you give me options. (laughs) Chocolate covered cherries. The cherry cordials. Mm -hmm. The chocolate orange. A little smashy. You pull the little chocolate orange slices. Yeah. Spiced gumdrops. A classic. One of my favorites. And candy canes. The ultimate classic for Christmas. There are more. I stayed away from like the Reese's Trees. because I'm mad that you stayed away from the They're essentially candies that are available all year long, just in a different shape. (laughs) The original was the tree. That was the OG. I mean, minus the egg. What are you talking about? The original? The Reese's tree. Now they have like Reese's turkeys. I don't know. I'm, ta- and- I'm talking about the Reese's cups. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's just a different version of the candy that's but available it, all the time. But it's not. <laughs> but it's. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But it's not the same. <laughs> anyway, which of those four do you think they chose as the best Christmas time candy? Cherry cordials, chocolate orange, spice gumdrop, or candy cane? I really, I mean, I'm going to go with the candy cane. I think that people are that basic. You're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, in my head, I'm thinking, I really want them to say, like, the cherry cordials or the chocolate orange. Something. <laughs> That's not so basic. All right. Well, here's a but... little bit of hope. Candy King got 33% of the vote. Uh, so a third of the vote. But Chocolate Covered Cherries came in at 31%. Okay. So it wasn't far off. Okay. Uh, chocolate Orange got 23%. Spice Gumdrops only got 12%. And there was like a whole movement led by uh, the the Christian satirist trying to get more people to vote for Spice Gumdrops. Really? He was upset. In fact, his tweet's still here in all caps. How is Spice Gumdrop not getting better representation? (laughs) And he tweeted it to his followers and said, Go give Spice Gumdrops the recognition it deserves, please. And no one did. It it raised a little, (laughs) but yeah. We had 260 votes on that, and so those were the results. Uh, Yeah, people are basic. Candy canes, man. I like the mini candy canes. Yeah. I enjoy those. Those are delightful. See, and here's the thing. Just like you're talking about how Reese's are all the same, candy canes are not all the same. And not just because of flavors, but if you take just the basic peppermint candy cane, one peppermint candy cane is not the same as every peppermint candy cane. And it's mostly because of size and consistency between the peppermint taste and whatever else the Candy canes. Whatever it's made out of. <laughs> made out of. Candy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like you have the big rod ones. Like the super thick oh, candy yeah. cane ones. Like the, yeah. They don't taste the same as the little mini <laughs> candy canes. They don't because the I ratio mean... is off. 
And it's the same with Reese's. The ratio is off. Uh, Yeah, there is more peanut butter. And the chocolate doesn't have a snap to it like it does in a cup. It's a soft. But it's still. It's not. The same elements. Sure. (laughs) It's the same elements. But it's not the same. (laughs) It's like you're telling me. (laughs) Make a BLT. That has five strips of bacon and two tomatoes. Then you make a BLT that has six strips of bacon and one tomato. Those aren't both BLTs. No, they're both BLTs. (laughs) But they don't taste the same. They are not the same thing. And they don't. (laughs) Anyone who's listening agrees with me. Look, you're probably right. I don't really care all that much. (laughs) This is an argument I care nothing about but it's not it's not a legitimate christmas time candy is what i'm saying whatever <laughs> but you know what i will admit i don't like crunch bars normally but at christmas time they come out with like this round one that's a little thicker and i really like that one it's the same it ingredients. It is the same ingredients. It's so. the same elements. Well, I'm trying to give you a win here. Are you going to come after me again? I'm saying in your favor. <laughs> Jeez. Good jeez. Uh, good night. Okay. <laughs> Stick around. We'll be back soon to close out the show. the background morning show as we close out the show for the day we got your bible verse and thought for the day bible verse for the day is matthew 1 20 and 21 but after he had considered this an angel of the lord appeared to him in a dream and said joseph son of david do not be afraid to take mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the holy spirit she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name jesus because he will save his people from their sins and our thought for the day comes from joni and friends Be different today from what you were yesterday. Leave behind the old you and be the person today that God wants you to be. Be more like Christ. Thank you for joining us today. We're every Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. Eastern, 4 a.m. Pacific, with an encore at 10 Eastern and 7 Pacific. You can catch a small clip of the show, our podcasts, available in the afternoons at BackRowRadio.com, Podbean, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. If you want our full show, you need to go sign up at patreon.com slash backrowradio. You get the full podcast every day that we air. Uh, yeah, it's, it's your best bet right there. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at backrowradio and join our laughter-inducing Facebook community, Backrow Baptist Church, by going to backrowbaptist.com. If you love what we do here at the Backrow Morning Show and Backrow Radio as a whole, again, please consider partnering with us at patreon.com slash backrowradio. We got something for... For every level of donation, you'll get a cool incentive, even for as little as $1. And as a reminder, because the app process has gotten more and more complicated, we have appifiedbackrowradio.com. You can save our homepage uh, like it were an app by opening backrowradio.com on your phone browser and clicking the settings or share button, which will have an option, add to home screen. This will add a cool quick link to your homepage and stream. Uh, and our stream, <laughs> just like you were opening an app. Uh, the Android app is still going to be around. Oh, no, it's not. It's not around. We've closed it. <laughs> Delete it. Delete it now. We're done. Bad things are happening with it now that we're no longer in charge. So just get rid of it. 
<coughs> That's it for the show. Mo, what's the final word? Thanks for tickling our tinsel on this Tuesday, y'all. I don't like that. <laughs> That's it for the show. <laughs> if you need us, we'll be in the back. Bye! <laughs> that creeped me out. That gave me the gross goosebumps. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs>